0: and fulfillment let's get started with soul talk welcome back folks welcome back to another very special episode of the soul talk podcast as always it's great to be here i'm really looking forward to diving in with my special guest today Uh, i was just telling her before the uh, interview went live with her um, that about 15 years ago maybe more uh, I used to uh, walk into the, or hang out a lot, actually, in the Bodhi Tree Bookstore in Los Angeles, California, for those of you that were mm-hmm. fans of the Bodhi Tree. And I'd go in there and I'd uh, peruse around, hang out there on, on Friday evenings and just read till the store would close. And I, would come, uh, I, I came across a, a couple of books that were so differently designed, uniquely designed, so simple, and the titles... That's the thing that caught me. Title's like, there is nothing wrong with you. How's that for a title? Uh, what you practice is what you have. The fear book, be the person you want to find. Suffering is optional. The depression book, the key. Uh, and and uh, what universe are you creating? Transform your life. Here's, uh, here's, here's a title I really love. When you're falling, Dive. And so when I saw these titles, I was so intrigued and the books were so practical and so simple to read. And so it's it's almost as though it took the esoteric spiritual ideas and just made it applicable for my life. And so I developed many of these books uh, uh, quite a few years ago. So I'm really excited, honored to have the author of over 20 of these books, on Soul Talk today, teacher of Zen for over 35 years, the founder of the Zen Monastery Peace Center in Murphys, California, the amazing Sherry Huber. Sherry, welcome to Soul Talk.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. It is a pleasure, a delight to be with you.
0: It's great to be on. I've been really looking forward to having you on and getting to meet you sort of personally, so to speak. And, you know, uh, I'm always excited to have people that have inspired me in some way on Soul Talk to, to get mm-hmm. a, a closer, have a closer conversation. And so before mm-hmm. we dive in, um, I have a bunch of questions that I'd love to explore, especially in the times that we're living in today, but I would love to give people a bit of a context in terms of how did you start? How you, What what got you started in the study of spirituality and study of Zen, Buddhism? What was that opening? What, what inspired that? was it something from childhood tell me a bit about your the, your beginnings
2: well
1: yeah in in uh and we would often talk about it in terms of having suffered enough wow. just um from the from the time i was a young child actually uh <laughs> i was just telling somebody this that uh, i used to i used to say to myself usually because it didn't make other people happy uh I would be happy if people would just leave me alone.
2: Hmm.
1: And I, at about age 13, and I didn't know this until, of course, years later, uh, but I, I just got to this point of what? Um, there were, who knows, probably four-letter words involved. But, uh, you know, what is the point? I am supposed to get an education, meet somebody, get married, have children, get a job, Buy a house, save up money, get old, retire, and die. Really? (laughs) Really? And it just so didn't make sense to me uh, that by the time I was about, I I guess I was about 25. In fact, I, I had my 25th birthday and thought, oh, swell, I've got probably another 50 years of
2: this. And I actually shocked myself. Wow! Yeah, it, 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 because
1: it, it just you know it just didn't seem worth. <laughs> it didn't yeah. Seem worth it. Yeah. it. Didn't seem like it was going anywhere, and right. and of course it it didn't work. Which mm. you know anybody who's attempted suicide will tell you that is well, uh, that's a real low point well, well, when you just, can't well,
0: even just, kill just, yourself. Just just let's hold, wait wait a second. So. I see, in, in that moment, I thought it was a metaphor you were saying that you actually shot yourself. You, you're actually saying literally shot yourself. Literally. Wow. Yeah. Uh, see, I paused, Sherry, yeah. I paused because I thought, ah, oh, it, it, was, it was more of a, a symbolic way of speaking. Tell me a bit about that. No. To, to, actually, well, tell me a I, bit about that time of your life. Uh, uh, like, what were you thinking? What was going through your mind? Because there might be some folks also listening to the conversation that may feel that way as well. So I'm curious what what, what went through your mind. Or probably have. Yeah. Very likely have. Yeah. And and what happened also after the experience itself?
1: Well, so, uh, you know, uh, I I, I, all right. So I'm old. I always like to preface everything with that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm old. And so when, when all of this happened in my life, it, it was just such a different world. Um, literally, the, the, the difference, I mean, we think things are, are happening fast now. You know, if you compare what it was like, uh, uh, you know, when I was 25 years old, that's, you know, that's more than 50 years ago. Okay. Uh, depression was not a thing. Uh now it's not that there weren't people who were depressed, there were probably plenty of people who were depressed, but it wasn't a diagnosis. It was there was no medication, there was no there was no treatment, there was just no nothing. And um and so to be in in a in a state so I come from a a messed up family would be the uh the kindest way to say it. You know, there's every kind of mental illness in my family that anybody would ever uh, wanna run across. And um, so so my grandmother actually committed suicide uh, by shooting herself. My grandfather was a a raving alcoholic. My aunt had eating disorders. My uncle was a -a 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 drug addict, you know, I mean, it was some serious stuff. And my mother was so, so, so depressed. She functioned, she worked, my father was blind. And so she was the, the breadwinner for the family. She had no education. She uh, left school when she was 13 years old in the depression. And so it, it was not a, you know, it was not a happy kind of a happy scene. And, um, and then my mother, whom I, I just adored, uh, was killed in a car accident when I was 18. And it just, you know, everything just completely came apart. And, uh, I actually came to, uh, living in Southern California, married and pregnant and uh and literally like six months uh later i I just looked around one day and had to realize all of these things to this day i can't i couldn 't tell you uh where I got married for the life of me wow. um, and so at any rate um when I, when i i came to then there there i was and um and nothing nothing really to be done about it and and no resources you know there's just nothing i just nothing and so um i just you know i i reached the point where i i just i couldn't do it any longer um and got to that another 50 years i don't think so um and so i I shot myself, and then, um, of course.
0: <laughs> you so, know, what? What happened? What, 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 what happened? Like, like you actually put the bullet in your body in inside, like physically. Oh yeah, yes, yes.
1: I was, uh, and you uh, didn't die, quite, obviously. And I did not die. Uh, I did not die. I actually, uh, uh, sorry about the gory details, but uh, the only uh, gun that I had was a rifle. And so mm-hmm. I had to figure out how to do this with a rifle, which I will tell you, uh, my choice was to put the uh, end of the gun in my belly button and to pull the trigger Oof. with my toe. Oof. And um, so, uh, it, you know, it it became wretchedly painful in a in a real hurry. And uh, and I knew that I I, mean, I didn't have the, the courage to hang around until I died. And um, so uh, I called 911, <laughs> and they came and got me and took me to the hospital. And wow. so then then that was that, you know, I went into surgery. And uh, the next thing that happened for me uh, was that this man walked into my room. Now, again, these are the olden days. Right. Mm-hmm. And he had the cigarette hanging out of his mouth with an ash hanging off of the cigarette and he and he, he stomped up to the side of the bed and he said nobody should be able to live through what you just lived through i would suggest really? you find out what you're doing here and he turned around and walked off and i found out later that he was the surgeon who had operated on me he was um, and so there i was right <laughs> i mean oh. i had really oh. uh taken blowing your life to a whole new a whole new <laughs> level
0: but in the, what, in the in the what were you thinking in that moment? Well, like, here you are, you shot yourself it physically, it went in, but then you went the into surgery, you're still alive. That's right. You, you, you tried to yeah. kill yourself. It, it didn't work. And here you are still alive. Now, now I'm not sure awful. even how, whether yeah. to cry or laugh, but what did you think? Oh, what was it, going through your mind? Yeah.
1: It is it, a really terrible place. First of all, they don't let you out of the hospital because you're mentally ill. They they assume you're uh, mentally ill. Now I will tell you, I will promise you that when mm-hmm. I did that, I felt as clear as I have ever felt in my had ever felt. I I think I have a little bit more clarity on occasion now, but at that point it just seemed like yeah, this is the only way out of this. And what happened is that the bullet ricocheted around in my insides and and uh, severed a nerve in my leg and it was the pain of that um that caused me to uh to uh, seek help because i i mean i just the the pain was unbelievable so after he said that to me of course they wouldn't let me leave i my my marriage was over (laughs) right Mm. um you know uh and that was that was pretty clear pretty quickly and who can blame him, right? I, I don't. I I never did blame him for it. Um, and so uh, they wouldn't let me out of the hospital until I agreed to see a psychotherapist, which I which I did. Um, and and so during that period of time that I was recuperating, because it it took a long time, just the physical aspect of it. Um, I I thought about what he had said to me uh, that. Yeah, well, I mean, it didn't work. <laughs> so I'm here. What? What? What now? What? What am I supposed to do now? And so, in that way that you no know, spiritual people uh, know about, um, it began to it began to occur to me that perhaps the direction of my life was the problem. That I had I had tried to be a really good person, tried to do the right thing. I felt really guilty. I felt, I felt bad and guilty about pretty much everything in my life, M- mostly my mother uh, dying, uh, you know, my, my father being blind and, and abandoned and, you know, just all. But I had never tried being happy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Never. I mean, there's, you know, that kind of uh, unexamined assumption that if I get my life together, then I'll be happy. But I never saw happiness as a pursuit in itself, not mm. as a result of something, but as its own process. Mm. And so that's what I began to explore.
0: Wow. What were some of the things you did? Did you meditate? Did you take yoga? Did you, I mean, obviously you well, were doing psychotherapy. Well, again, Tell me a bit about
1: yeah, again, the, the thing is, because <laughs> this is a really long time ago, right? So I was able, so I, I decided that, it, sorry, I have no education. Okay, so I decided that I should start studying some stuff and find out what what the options are. I mean, how do, how mm-hmm. do people do this? Because I'm completely on my own. And, wow. um, you know, I have no job. I have no money. I have no, no anything. And wow. so, uh, what, what do people do? <laughs> you know, what, <laughs> so I started with philosophy and I, and I read all the philosophy I could get my hands on. And, uh, cause I was always a voracious reader, uh, kind of got that from my mother. And, um, and so I, I you know, it was great, but they basically said the same thing that I said, you know, um, and I didn't believe in God. So they, you know, so many of them would start with the premise of God and then try to make sense out of all of it from there. Well, if you don't believe in God, you know, you're kind of in big trouble in that department. So then I thought, uh, well, maybe religion. Now, I, I was raised without religion. Not n- Nobody was against it. It just didn't exist in, in my family. And so I started through that, started with Christianity, thought that should probably be a a good, Mm. you know, place, Judeo-Christian culture that, and I just, I, I just couldn't now I will hasten Mm -hmm. to say that since then through Buddhism, I have grown to love Jesus, but Uh as a straight shot, (laughs) it did Mm. not work. (laughs) And, um, so I just kept going, you know, I just kept, kept going. And then I got more and more Eastern and, uh, Mm. Hinduism couldn't, although adore Hinduism at this point, um, Mm. And then I got to Zen, and I read a book uh, by D.T. Suzuki, who was the first person, right, to bring bring it over here. (laughs) And uh, and when I mean I can remember right sitting here right now, what it was like to read that and just get high as a kite, with no idea what the man was talking about, none. (laughs) <laughs> but I knew that he knew. I knew he knew. I knew he was speaking not from belief, but from authority. And so I knew that that was where I wanted to go. Now, at that time, long time ago, I was able to find two books on uh, Zen in this entire country, right? Um, and because they, they just didn't exist. And one of them taught me to meditate. And the other gave kind of some theory or philosophy about uh, being in a Zen monastery, you know, the kind of the rules and regs and that sort of thing. So I began to focus on uh, meditation. I learned to sit uh, in full Lotus (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, and to count the breath. And that's what I did until um, a few years later when I met a woman uh, who knew Uh, that there was a a Zen monastery not that far from where I was living uh, in the mountains of California at that that point. And uh, I went there and
0: uh, Mm. never left, basically. Hmm. Wow. Wow. When did you... And and what was the progression to then becoming a teacher and an author? Like... How did that oh. shift happen? I mean, going from oh. shooting yourself, committing suicide, to oh. writing it was, these books it was,
1: was Yeah, it was it was a brutal process. Uh, so, uh, it's. So, <laughs> I, I I just had this conversation with somebody else, so it's it's funny to me to think about it. But um, so so. When I asked him, he's, he is old school Zen teacher. Okay. And I asked him if, if I could, if he would teach me, if he would train me. Uh, And it, and I asked for a year and a half until finally he, he agreed to let me come to to the monastery. And, um, and during that time, okay, I drove an hour, hour, 15 minutes or something like that through the mountains every morning to be at five o'clock meditation, because that's all that's, that was available to me right and so i did that (laughs) and and once a week i got to meet with him and finally he said yes i could come into the monastery uh and he said but here's the thing i want you to understand Mm. i'm going to find everything about you i'm going to find your every single button and i'm going to rub your nose in everything that causes you to suffer
2: Mm.
1: and i said okay <laughs> because I mean, what what's my choice at this point right i mean he knows what i want to know so okay whatever it takes um and so as part of that process now again uh, i i have no experience talking to people i have no no abilities to anything right and so he sent me to out to teach people first to meditate taught me how to do that um and and uh and i hated it i hated it uh and then we progressed to doing uh workshops personal growth workshops basically you know uh uh, coming back to center aspects of the personality projection uh, Mm -hmm. beliefs and assumptions you know those kinds of personal growth things and uh and so uh I mean, it was just awful. I just, I just begged him not to make me do it. Um, <laughs> but it was a, con- it, it was a condition of being there. You know, I either wow. did it or I left the monastery. So I did it. I did it. And um, on the way home from from one of these adventures, um, I I was driving along, listening to this uh, uh, self-hate is what I finally came to recognize it as, this voice in my head that was going over everything I said that was wrong, every question I answered incorrectly, everything that, the the, the things that I didn't answer, the, you know, just just berating me for what a really crappy job I had done and how unqualified I was for, for doing it, what a fool I was. And as I was dry and of course, this was very familiar to me, right? It happened every, every time. Uh, and on that particular night, I suddenly heard it for what it was. I could, I could hear that, that it was a voice in my head saying these things to me, that I wasn't, I wasn't saying them. I wasn't even thinking them, right? I, I, it was saying that stuff to me and uh i it was just a you know it was an epiphany it was a a moment of wait a minute (laughs) what is that what is that that's doing it now of course having read a lot of religion i realized well a lot of people call that the devil um Mm. that that's that kind of hateful malevolent presence um and so from there you know that was the that was the genesis of course of the uh, there's nothing wrong with you. That's mm. where that's where that was born. And so uh, ultimately, I left the monastery and I came out into the world and um, and I was teaching people the same kind of thing that I had learned to teach at the monastery. And I just got sick of it. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. I, I don't know if how, what is your tolerance for saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over. Uh, Mm. But I got to the point where I thought I can't do it again. I just can't. And so if I write it down, then people can read it. Right. And so (laughs) um, now, again, this is this is before computers. This is before. Right. But I had started the first Zen Center in Mountain View at that point. And uh, and there was a woman there who uh, had a couple of degrees in English um, and she was artistic. And so I had this great long uh, roll of papers that I had uh, taped together of all of these points. uh, And I asked her if uh, if she could turn it into a book. Now, there's no money to do typesetting. And so uh, she hand lettered it and drew the little the little pictures that went with it. And that was the key
0: oh my goodness they're just such classic gems and, you know but in the moment you exists, realize yeah mm. yeah so
1: years later uh shambhala uh you know the gotcha. publishing company uh, uh approached us and and asked uh, about doing one of our books and um and we said yes and i mean i just assumed you know that they would make it look like a regular book and they said oh no 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 <laughs> no we don't want
2: it to look like a regular book we want
1: it. and i thought oh my gosh talk about talk about full circle you know from this you know hmm. people are gonna laugh at this when they see it but if i just hand it to them it didn't even have an author right the first wow. four books i think didn't have an author because you know because what i didn't make it up i you know <laughs> i don't need to put my name but then, when "There's Nothing Wrong with You" came out, I I wanted to put my name on it because you know I wanted people to be able to, if they uh, wanted to know about self hatred and they wanted to know about those yes. voices, I wanted to be able to tell them. Yeah, so that's how that all that happened.
0: I I, I love hearing this story um, for so many reasons, but I want I want I want to dive into this topic of self hatred because I think that's that's a big mm-hmm. one. Uh, oh, it's for, huge. For, for, for it's some huge. I, where, where, where? how do we even begin to deal with self-hatred? Because we hear in the books, be compassionate with yourself, love yourself, be kind to yourself. Yet sometimes yeah. we, we, we know we should be. And even in the mm-hmm. pursuit of trying to be kinder to ourselves, we hate ourselves because we hear how unkind we're being, so then we hate ourselves even more, we judge ourselves even more. Mm-hmm. And so for someone who say, mm-hmm. is really struggling with their voice and hating themselves, and they just they say, I, I just can't switch it, I just can't turn it down, I just it, it just takes over, it, it's bigger than me. Where do you even mm-hmm. start to deal well, with 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 yeah. This well, I, I think
1: that yeah, I think the way you laid it out is really perfect because what we have to get, the first thing we have to get is it's not me. Oh. Once we, once we realize that and, and the, the way to do it is, is the way that I was describing, you know, on my drive home. Once you realize I'm not saying those things, I'm hearing them. So that's number one. And a classic thing of Zen is, you know, if you were doing it, you could stop it. So the fact that you can't stop it's all the proof you need that you're not doing it. Right. So as soon as we get, really get that, this is a force that that I am dealing with now. Now, then we can get terribly psychological. Right. And realize this has been going on literally since before we can remember people have told us how to think what to think what to say what to do what to okay and if we didn't do it right we got in trouble and so the the fastest way to be all right is to do to ourselves before other people have a chance to do it to us right so i'm going to watch myself and make sure i don't make any mistakes i'm going to know what you're going to say to me when you start criticizing me Right? So that I, I'm prepared. Mm-hmm. I, I know all of that. And in fact I can correct my behaviors to to so that you, you won't do that. Right? Mm-hmm. So I mean if you think about, you know, that was all in place before we ever hit school. Right? Uh, and so and and all all that we're dealing with now is a grown up version of that. Right? From a little kid, uh, you know, trying to figure out how to survive first grade um, to trying to figure out how to survive a job or a relationship or whatever else is going on. The the content has become more sophisticated, but the process is exactly the same.
0: So we have to first realize it's not me. That's right. That's right. Who is it? What is it?
1: Well, it, it, again, you know, every religion, every psychology, every culture, for as long as there have been people, have tried to answer that question. And uh, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, we can come up. I, we just call it egocentric, karmic, conditioning, self-hatred. It's just it. It. it we have the ability as human beings. Human beings are the only thing on this planet as far as we can tell that can experience ourselves as separate from life. We're the only ones who can imagine a reality other than the one we're in. We we have that ability. So it in the you know on one hand it's a it's an extraordinary thing that we that we can do that. On the other hand, it's the cause of our suffering because, and, and, and of course it's the whole focus again of every religion and, and every psychology is that we have to be in the moment that we are inhabiting or <laughs> we are, we are bound to suffer because if we are imagining something other than this moment, we have entered into egos Dualistic subject object imaginary world where suffering happens. So I said that to you and I shouldn't have. Well, words, I shouldn't have. I did. It doesn't matter if I shouldn't have, right? And as they say, that ship has sailed, right? It's not like it anything is going to change it, but the suffering. Yes. So then now, of course, I have to be worried about what I'm going to say to you next time. What if mm-hmm. what if the same thing happens again? What am I so you can see that 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 illusion of a self that is separate from the, the moment that I'm living in is controlling everything. It controls the past through feeling bad and guilt and believing in mistakes and remorse and all of that. And it controls the future where I'm afraid of. What's going to happen, and what I'm going to say, and what I'm going to do, and what about when I get old, and what if I don't have enough money, and what if my person leaves me, and
0: so what do we now, as we become maybe aware of that, realize it's not us? Uh, it doesn't sound like it stops that voice. So, what what do we do with it? What do we? How do we work well, with that?
1: Yeah. Uh, because and again, now this is the whole, um, you know, be all end all of of again most Eastern religion. Certainly, it, it is Christianity as well, but it's not something that is um, that is emphasized in Christianity the way it is in something like Buddhism um, or yoga, right? Hinduism as well, but uh, it all comes down to. So so my way of talking about it, the quality of your life is determined by the focus of your attention. Mm. If your attention is on suffering, you're suffering. If your attention is in the present, you're in the present, and it is not possible to suffer in the present. It is just flat out not possible. Okay, it's nothing we have to try to do. You just can't. Suffering requires somebody to suffer and that Mm -hmm. requires somebody who has the ability to imagine themselves as other than the life experience they're having so i'm i uh, this is happening to me i don't want this to be happening to me i hate it i'm miserable okay you can see that it requires somebody other than the person actually having the experience okay if i'm actually in the experience you know this is a place where uh science kind of uh, caught, caught on to this. Um, people who uh, help people with pain have realized that if you c- focus all of your attention on the pain, you can't actually feel it as pain. You don't experience it as pain. Pain is a thought, it's a label, right? And so as soon as I become somebody who's having the pain, now I'm gonna suffer. But if all my attention is directly on the pain, there's nobody to experience it. sounds crazy, but um, it, is, it is the way it works. So that's, that's what we're doing. We're learning to direct our attention to where we want it instead of allowing it to go where egocentric habit has taken it. So instead of being on that conversation in my head, those voices that are berating me, I come back here. I focus on where my feet are. I focus on the breath. And the other thing that I I think it's fairly unique to our practice, although I don't I don't really know because I don't really know what anybody else is doing. Um, Mm -hmm. But we do a process called recording and listening. Mm -hmm. And it's the way in which a person can actually get in touch with the wisdom, love and compassion that is our authentic nature. Now I know you know this uh, from your from your own experience. I don't even have to guess this. Okay, you know that you're going along in in your day, and all of a sudden you realize something. Okay, you just see it. It's just there. It just appears, right? And it's very exciting when it happens because it's something you know, a new thing that you want to talk to people about, or you want to write about, or you want to whatever it is, right? It's just there. It's just clear. Mm. Is this true? You know this place.
2: Mm. Mm. Yes. yes? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. So in my lingo, what what's happening is that you are having a direct experience of what animates you. Right. That's where the intelligence right. comes from. Right? That's people, religious people talk about that's God talking to me. Jesus talks to me all the time. I talk to Jesus. Jesus talks to me. Okay. That's the process that we're talking about. It's not, they're not making it up. <laughs> it's really true. They are actually in touch with the unconditional love and compassion that is their nature. And they call it Jesus. I don't, but it doesn't matter what you call it. It's, it's all the same process and it has been there for as long as there've been people and whatever their language, they talk about it the way they talk about it, but they're in touch with it. Some people are. Okay. And so, uh, when we realize that, then what we can do is a process, recording and listening, okay? So here's how it goes. So uh, you start making recordings about all the things you love and appreciate and value, what excites you, what thrills you, uh, what makes you happy, what you think is beautiful, what inspires you, okay, all of those kinds of things. You make recordings about those. And you listen to them all the time because that is what is true for you. Those things are the things that are true for you and they bring you to the present. Okay. What you're not doing is listening to a bunch of nonsense in your head from age two to whatever uh, repetitious, Uh, just me, 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 me about what's wrong and what I don't like and what she said and what he did and why and what's wrong with the world and what's wrong with, okay? We don't need to listen to that because that's not true. It's not real. It's not actually happening. What's actually happening in my case right now is that I'm sitting here looking at a beautiful sky and mountains and uh, huge trees and uh, that sort of, that's what's really true. And I am talking with you. And, and I am here with attention, where I am in this moment,
0: and I'm happy.: mm. So I want to just interject the question uh, to see if I yep. can refine it for someone who might be going through something. So let's say someone they, they broke up with the husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend. And they are mm-hmm. in this moment. They're like, Sherry, in this moment, I'm freaking heartbroken. It's painful right now. And they say, don't tell me that I don't feel pain in my heart right now. I feel I feel pain. Or okay. let's say some, okay. someone is being Wait. abused or they're being abused, you know, uh, they're in a relationship and they're being abused in in, in this moment right now. And they, okay. they, t- they say, I feel pain right okay. now. Don't, don't say I don't feel pain right now. So how do we deal with that? Okay.
1: OK, this is this is very good because we it, because we say it really quickly. OK, mm-hmm. so uh, my person just walked out on me. Yes. OK. And 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 I'm in pain. Am I actually in pain? Well,
2: it feels that not way. So you
1: can tell. no, 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 no. Not until I turn my attention to a conversation in my head about the fact that my person just left and what this means and what's going to happen to me and how am I going to, and what's going to, and what do I, okay? So I'm not actually, I'm not actually experiencing the fact that this person has just walked out of the house, okay? Mm. The pain, the pain that I, what I call the pain is that conversation in my head. Now. Okay. And we, we, if we take this to something like they didn't just walk out on me because that, that, you know, that, what that does is tick you off. Let's face it. Okay. As soon as you get past the, the, the heartbroken story, you're going to be in the tick story. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because how dare they? I really wish, I really wish they had died. Okay. Mm -hmm. Better, better dead than abandoning me, than leaving me, than rejecting me. Right. So let's say, The person did die, did die. And so I'm going to go through a process of of facing the fact that that's happened. And in that process, I'm going to go through everything that I've ever thought or believed about somebody I love dying. Mm. And I can watch all of that happen. I can, I can have attention right here watching that happen, okay? And, and so I will cry. I will be sad. I might be angry, okay? Mm. I might be frightened because yes. what's going to, and I'm, it's called the grieving process, right? And I'm going to go through all of that, but I don't need to suffer because the suffering happens when it's wrong. When it shouldn't be this way, when it's a mistake, that's when pain, which is a legitimate human experience, when pain turns to suffering, when it turns into a conversation in my head about me, about them, about life, about how it shouldn't be, that's when we suffer you you can we can go through the most god awful and i mean you you i'm sure you work with people uh, i know i do uh who are are losing all kinds of partners children beloved pets houses jobs okay and there's tremendous uh people tremendous emotion that comes with that and if they if they're if they're allowed to go through it, to really be with the person who's having the experience, rather than splitting off into this conversation in the head, then you go through it and it's clean. Okay? It's clean. And, and afterwards, you know, you're in a restaurant and your song plays. Right? Yes. And up comes all this emotion. Right? And you feel it. You feel it. And then it
0: passes. Beautiful. See, so just to be clear, you're not telling people to deny it, to avoid it, to dismiss it. Just, just not a bit. Just experience the experience right. without adding some sort of story or judgment to it. Just that's experience it. it. And that's the difference. That's it. Between, between that's pain and difference. suffering.
1: Mm. That's right. And, of course, most people can't tell the difference. And they think the story is the experience, but it's not.
0: Can you just say that again? You know, it's like, I, I, if you, I, I, you, know. I really want people to get that. The, the people, could you just repeat what you just said about the story is the experience? Can you say right. more about that?
2: Yeah. Well,
1: maybe. <laughs> maybe that's kind of it. But, you know, it's like um, if you're in the kitchen and you're fixing your dinner and you cut your finger and it's bleeding all over the place, okay. You can either be there with your finger bleeding all over the place and take care of your finger and the person whose finger is bleeding. Or you could be in a story about, what is the matter with you? Why don't you pay attention? You've got to cut your finger off. Oh, my God. Now what? What are you going to? Okay. So the the first one is the experience. Uh, My finger is bleeding because it's cut. The other one is a story. And even if that story is along the lines of poor you, oh, nothing ever works for you. Of course you would cut your finger, you poor inadequate loser you. It doesn't matter the tone of the story. Someone is talking to you about your life. And that's very different from you living your life. So another example of that. So depression. Depression. Right. Yes. So uh, I I will say to somebody, uh, you know, how are you doing? I'm depressed. Well, tell me mm-hmm. about that. Well, I just can't seem to, you know, I just can't seem to get myself together. I just I, I can't. Uh, I right? no 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 no. You're telling me a story here. I, I I I didn't ask you. I didn't ask you to tell me a story about a person who's depressed. Mm-hmm. Tell me about depression. Okay. Now. If we can stay with it and the person is willing, they're going to get to something like, you know, I just, there's this, it feels like there's this huge weight on my chest. I feel like right. I can't breathe. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the experience of now that we can work with. Okay. This story about how nothing in my life works and it never has because my mother didn't really love me and my father was, you know, th- there's nothing can be done for that. That, that story is going to go on until they die. Unless they decide that they want to give up that ego identity and actually uh, get here.
0: (laughs) So, so, before I ask the question I was going to ask, you you triggered something about this ego identity. I was gonna. uh, One thing I want to ask is, why do we hold as human beings hold so tightly to our stories? Like I see so many people clinging so tightly to oh. the story and just it's almost as though refusing to let the story go. And and, and so yes. what what why, why is that and h- h- how to let those stories go? Because I've heard people say, just well, let it go. Just drop it. Just let it go. Just make a choice. Yeah. And it sounds easy. And I guess technically, yeah, just let it, it go. But, but yes, it is easy. Could. It, but but if it was that easy i think we'd all be levitating at buddha's
1: right and so well yes and so here's the here's the difficulty okay um and and i probably say this 15 times every day okay almost nobody can tell the difference between their authentic human incarnation and ego i think i say i do i go i stay i People believe that I who is talking is them. And so that story mm. seems like it's them. Yes. So to try to sort of, <laughs> you know, wrap <laughs> our head around, no, 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 no. There's an awareness, there's a conscious awareness that is can be aware of all of that, can mm. watch that can sit and watch the thinking process happen, can listen to that conversation in the head. Okay. There, (laughs) there, there is the experience uh, that is available to us. I can realize that I am the conscious awareness that is consciously aware of that story. Okay. Now, today is different from yesterday. but not to the story. Yeah? So when I'm here in awareness, everything is possible. Everything I love, everything, 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 everything beautiful, everything glorious is here in this moment. Not in that story. And I, as conscious awareness, can experience that. I mean, it's the... um, you know, it's uh, it's being like children again. Oh, Jesus mm-hmm. said that, didn't he? Becoming mm-hmm. like little children. Well, that's what he was talking about—the innocence, the defenselessness, the the presence, the the joy in in light and color and sounds and textures and tastes—and to really mm. be
0: here for life. As you're talking, I'm kind of smiling, thinking to myself: Let's say, let's say I'm broke. Sure, I'm broke. I am. I'm. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm have no freaking money, can't pay my rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, my my kid is not gonna be able to eat. And I practice what you say. I'm do, gonna go a bit out of left field here. I practice what you say. I'm like, okay, I have no story about this. It's perfect in this moment. This moment is perfect. Mm-hmm. Here, i I, mm-hmm. I I have no pain in this moment. There's no problem in this moment, despite mm-hmm. everything falling, falling, mm-hmm. falling, uh falling down around me, my kids starving. But i'm looking out at the ocean the ocean is 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 blue it's beautiful and here i am it, it is there a danger of of no losing motivation no. It, do you get what i'm trying nope. to ask is can there be a danger i do that, get that, i do i do that I, may, that I may not be motivated to change my life to nope. strive for being nope. better and successful Nope. explain explain why nope. cuz I, I think that might be i a can't agree
1: with you. With you. I can't agree. Uh, and and here's the reason. Uh, so first of all, that's not going to happen. So people will say to me, you know, well, if you're just compassionate with everybody, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so what do we just let killers run around on the street? You know, oh, come on. It, it, are those our only two choices? <laughs> mm-hmm. it, all right. And so if the person were really in that place. Yes. First of all uh i don't have any money uh my my children are hungry Mm. then if the person is really present Mm -hmm. then they are going to be open to whatever life drops in for them as the next step Mm. if they're in a story the chances are they won't because the chances are really good that they are invested in being that person in being a victim okay so the person who is not invested in that story is going to seek, (laughs) seek Mm. out people who can help. And the odds are really good that they're going to be seeking that from a humble place, not from an arrogant, uh, entitled, victimized place. People are victims because when, when, if I'm a victim, I can victimize. Mm. Okay. I can hate you with a, Good, clear conscience, because I'm a victim. Okay, nice. but if I realize that the, my circumstances are simply such that, uh, and it and it does, it happens to a lot of very very good people. Okay, they're going along. They they have uh, uh, they don't have that much income in the first place. I mean, in this country, this is a very common story. Okay, uh, they're barely making it. They may be working two or three jobs, probably minimum wage, and somebody gets sick and suddenly they they can't pay their rent. They're out on the street. They're homeless. Mm. OK, so the, that person, it, it, that person, depending on their attitude of mind, uh, will will go on to have whatever life experiences they're having and and whatever will open up for them will open up for them. You know, you, those are the stories you hear about where they decide to uh, start a ministry on the street or yes. or they get engaged with a uh, an organization, start volunteering at an organization to help other people like them. You know, the it, the possibilities are endless if mm. we're present to life. But if we're present only to a conversation, a story in our head, there aren't any possibilities.
0: Yeah. That story, you know, was... go
1: right on being the what, same way.
0: Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that story in our head, I think, so often is constantly telling us what we should be doing oh. and who we should oh, be yeah. being and the life we should be living, that's rather right. than being open to what you're saying, which is being open to being present to life and allowing life to to show us. I think that's that's so true. That's right. So I want to that humility. Yes, humility. I think that that's key. Mm-hmm. I want to drill down to something also this was the other question I had, is when you talked about when we, when we pierce through the story, when you have someone and you drill down, you drill down through the story, through the story, and you get to the core, there's often an experience, uh, you mentioned an experience maybe that someone is having in the chest or in the body. Um, when, mm-hmm. when, 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 some, when we get in touch, when we, when we pierce through the story and we get in touch with that experience, just pure experience, no story. What do we do with that?
1: now? Well, what, what tends to happen with people uh, with that, because it's kind of a, it's a package deal. Okay. Mm. The person who's, who's, who's doing that um, very often. What happens with people is they, they touch into compassion for the first time because they're no longer identified as that ego who owns this human being who is doing it wrong, who is the wrong person who's made mistakes whose life is their own fault, Okay. once we drop that ego story, then we then you, you can see the human being for what he or she is. And there's tremendous compassion. We can see the goodness. And goodness is our authentic nature, no matter how much egos want to argue about that. Now, a lot of us have a really good ability to cover that up. Okay? Uh, but it doesn't change the fact. And so when we see that goodness, you know, one of the things that I like to do with people, just a little exercise that you know, pretty common in in this line of work. But uh, you, you know, just think about the the person that you love most in the world. Think, mm-hmm. you know, the person that, that, yeah, that you love most in the world, and think of the three uh, qualities or characteristics that you would use to describe that person. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, those are your qualities. Mm. They may or may not have anything to do with that other person, right. but you're the person <laughs> who came up with it, right? You're the one who thought of it. You're the one who felt it. They're yours. It's mm. it's who you are, not who that other person is. And so in that kind of way, we, we begin to grow toward realizing, again, when we're not taking ownership of this human being, you know, it's the... um and I think it's Robert Louis Stevenson. I always say it's him, but I, who knows? Someday I'll look it up. Uh, he's walking down the street and this guy's beating a dog. And, and so Robert Louis Stevenson interfe- intervenes and stops him. And the guy says, it's my dog. I'll beat him if I want to. Robert Louis Stevenson says, it's God's dog and I'm here to protect him.
2: Mm.
1: And when we have that approach to ourselves, when we realize this, this is not a slave, this, this human being doesn't belong to me. This is not my human to mistreat in any way that I want. This, this is divinity's human, and I'm here to honor and serve. And it's a pretty easy step to getting that for everybody. Yeah, everybody is divinity's human. Every creature is divinity's creature. Whole planet belongs to divinity, and we're here to serve, to love and serve and through that loving and service we grow more loving and we get to know who we are
0: you you, you triggered more questions uh, there's two there's two questions i want <laughs> one, one 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 is one is i think especially as we move into a new year going to be important but before we go into that your comment about seeing a man, seeing someone uh beating a dog on the street right because um, I really want, mm-hmm. I really want, I really want to get to the nitty gritty, yeah, and really make it make what you're saying just as accessible to people in their everyday lives and situations. Because I I just want people to live what you're saying as much as possible, and and so I'm really mm-hmm. loving the conversation. And so you're talking about stories, because then it sounds like, mm-hmm. well, is. Is that, then everything is a story in so much of how we see life and experience life and so where is the the balance and that maybe you can sort of identify some nuances and distinctions where we look at let's say I'm, I'm born in Africa my father's from Ghana my mother's Japanese but I spent a lot, a lot of time in Ghana you, we, let's say you see we see the kids and we go to Ghana we go to India and we see the kids there, and we feel that we we have compassion for them, and but 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 they shouldn't be living this way, and it shouldn't be that way. and 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 how does one navigate experiences like that? I think and, I think I know where you're going, Okay, and because I think I, I want to say it this way couldn't we just say, well, it's all a story we're telling ourselves. That kid is, that's their karma. That's their, that's their life path. And that's what they're meant to be going through. So why should I send the money? Why should I, you know, why should I stop the person from beating that dog? Because it's all part of uh, it. it, That's, if I have no story about something's wrong with that, then it just is what it is. Right. And so again, I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to, so yeah, bring, well, bring, bring and, different... and yeah, in the dualistic orientation of ego, that's true.
1: Those are the two bad choices. Uh, I either go into despair and kill myself, or uh, I just say, "Oh well, what the hell," and right. walk on. Okay. So there was a, a Zen master named Geo Kennett um, who died a few years ago. But what she said is, uh, "So there's that there's that child in Africa, and and that's that's his karma. That's her karma." And if i don't do something about it that's my karma mm. so i don't know if you know this but we have a project in zambia uh mm. where we we feed and educate over a thousand kids every day okay? and we have been there for 15 16 17 years i don't even know how long we've been there but we've gone from uh if you spent time there in africa and india you know uh, from the most wretchedly poor god awful people just slowly starving to death, drinking bad water uh and dying uh in, in horrifying numbers to the first of these kids are now in college wow so i can't i can't i can't feed every child who's hungry on the planet, and I certainly can't commit to educating them through a college education. Okay. But that takes us to the starfish story. You know the starfish story?
2: Mm. Guy's
1: walking down the the down the, the beach and he sees this person, you know, picking up starfish off the beach and throwing them back into the ocean. And he's what are you doing? i got thousands of them. It's not gonna make any difference.
2: Yes. And the
1: response is it makes a difference to this one. Right. Right. So mm. so if if we if we stay focused on, so in Buddhism, we talk about working out your own salvation diligently. Okay, that, those were the Buddha's last words. You must work out your own salvation diligently. He didn't say you have to solve all the problems of the earth. He, yeah. he, he didn't say there's something wrong with all of these things and you need, to, you need to work out your own salvation diligently. And we will never work out our own salvation with hearts that are closed to the plight of others which is not the same as failing to respect the life path of every creature. So I'm not going to say that a child born in Africa or India in a slum or in the United States in a ghetto is any less capable than I am. I'm not going to disrespect anybody in that way. And if somebody uh, needs some assistance that I can offer,
0: yes, I'm going to do yes. everything I can. Yes, got it. I think the key, the key word that I really love that you're bringing in beyond the sort of dualistic perspective is is the end. I think that was that was really key. Yes. It's 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 the end. It's the end. Hon- yes. Honoring everyone's life path journey. Uh, for their own souls, and reaching out and, from, a, from, from a place of compassion. Yeah, from that place of compassion, even without a story that something's wrong or it shouldn't be, it's just, that's and right. we hold hands, and that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So the question I was going to ask that I'd love to, to, to clarify is, as, as we're accepting life, as it, as, as it arises, as we are being present to life, Leading us, showing us, revealing itself in, in a state of humility, which I think is so beautiful. How does one navigate intention, uh, uh, desires, dreams, goal setting, making plans, right? Uh, intentionality, uh, setting one's goals. Can you guide us there? How, how do we navigate that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the wonderful part about life, as far as I can tell, is um, each one of us tends to be on our own trajectory. Mm. So, you know, you're not going to wake up tomorrow morning and need to go in and perform brain surgery on somebody, right? Because that's that's not that's not what you're that's not what you're doing. That's not who you are, right? And so, the kinds of things that that we want that we uh wish for hope for dream of what whatever it is tend to be in keeping <laughs> with who we are right and so uh for instance uh money has never motivated me i i, I just basically have no interest in it um, and uh i i always have exactly what is needed for whatever so we started out in Zambia, we were feeding twenty kids. Wow. And um and the the women in the in the community did the cooking and we bought the food, the pots and the food and that sort of thing. And we could afford that. And then pretty soon they wanted forty. <laughs> and then they wanted a hundred. And then they wanted now we're up to, I don't know, twelve hundred a day or something like that. And we have the money to do it. Every month we have the money to send to them to to buy that food and to pay those uh, college fees and that sort of thing, buy the uniforms, right? Um, and so that that that's easy, right? Now, it, it uh, so that works because that's my life, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if I were a person who had things that they wanted to do that required a great deal of money, then I might want to acquire a great deal of money. Right. So that that would happen. Ron Das had the most perfect um, uh, way of talking about this. And it basically comes down to think about anything you want. Dream about anything you want. Make any plans you want. Put it on your calendar. Just Mm. don't think it's going to happen. Just (laughs) don't believe it's going to happen just because you want it to happen. It might. Mm. So I think there's a word in Chinese for it, but I don't know what the word is, but Mm. what it means is uh, uh, that you do everything that you can, everything humanly possible, right up until the moment that you let go completely.
0: Yes, yes.
1: So you're doing it all for the love of doing it. It may go the way you hope. It may not. But if you're happy... With however it goes, you're going to be a happy person.
0: That's, that's, that's the surrender right there. Yeah.
1: That's it. That's it. Thy will be done.
0: Beautiful. Do, do our part fully, 100%. Enjoy the process mm-hmm. fully, 100%. And let mm-hmm. go fully, 100%. And then we can, exactly and, I, so. and, I, and, I, and I really do think that when we give 100% to a situation, a relationship, an experience, when we really honestly give 100%, it is so much easier to actually let go and surrender because we know in yeah. our hearts there's nothing else we could have done. And, and I think it's so much easier. That's right. right? Yeah. Beautiful.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. Yeah.
0: Sherry, I have loved this conversation. Um, maybe that's Me my story, too. but I have <laughs> I have loved this conversation tremendously. I have too. Um, One last question: This is a question I I mm-hmm. ask everyone that comes onto the podcast. Is if you were to reflect on your life, and you've had quite a life—the ups, the downs, sideways successes, failures, relationships, everything you've experienced in your life—if you were to re- reflect on the three most shall we say, important, powerful, life-changing lessons that if you could only pass these three keys to the next generation that you feel would evolve the consciousness of the next generation the most, what would your three keys be?
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Pay attention to everything believe nothing
0: read don't nothing don't take
1: anything personally
0: mm-hmm. explain that Read nothing
1: believe nothing pay attention to everything believe nothing oh, don't believe take anything nothing. personally
0: got it yeah okay. mm-hmm. believe yeah. nothing got
1: it. and it reminds me of one of my great heroes who by the way <laughs> uh died in a plane crash right outside our project in Zambia, Doug Hammarskjöld. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he was the uh, Secretary General of the United Nations. Um, And uh, his his thing about life was um, for everything to come, please. For everything that has been,
0: thank you. Huge. Sherry, could you assign uh, a homework assignment, something simple that people can literally practice right now uh, before they stop listening to the podcast to uh, integrate and embody what you've been talking about? What's one, what's one action or homework assignment that you could give people?
1: Yeah, so, uh, we, one, one of our websites is recordingandlistening.org and it's all written out, recordingandlistening.org. And one of the assignments on that, um, is to write a love letter to yourself. And, and let it be the love letter that you've always wanted to receive. from the person who loves you unconditionally and really gets who you are and knows you and appreciates you and values you. Write that letter. It can be a paragraph long. It doesn't have to be a tome. Uh, Record it. Record the love letter and listen to it three
0: times. Beautiful. Folks, you heard it. Write the love letter to yourself. And uh, I'm sure... Will be a very powerful experience. Sherry, again,
2: record it. That's the key.
1: Record it it. (laughs) and listen to it because you have to hear it in your own voice. It's the only voice we really trust.
0: How how often should you listen to that that love letter that we
1: listen to it as as often as you can, and if you if you can see the value in the process, write one of those a day and do those recordings about what you love and what you value and what inspires you and what lights you up and what makes you happy and what excites you make those recordings, listen to them, listen to them all the time. Don't listen to the crap in your head. Listen to the, listen to what is true for you.
0: Beautiful. Sure. I've really uh, enjoyed the conversation folks. I told you this was going to be an amazing uh, episode of soul talk. What's the best way people can find out about you and your work? What's the best website?
1: Probably uh livingcompassion.org.
0: Livingcompassion.org. Uh mm-hmm. and could you re- also repeat the, the recording website?
1: Yeah, As recording well. and listening, and it's all written out, even the A and D in the middle. So recording and listening dot
0: Beautiful. Recording and mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Folks, do me a favor, everyone. Uh, share this episode with everyone in your life that you know. Send me an email at cootblackson at cootblackson.com. I would love to hear your key takeaways from today's episode. Download this episode, write a review, and I will catch you in next week's episode of Soul Talk. Love now.